Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Heritage, and I'll be your host today, Bishop Darby. Today we find ourselves on a beautiful summer day, sitting at the feet of a beautiful tree, listening to the lecture of our professor Gamaliel. Gamaliel the Elder, one of the most well-respected Jewish instructors of the first century, was well-regarded not only for his intellect of Scripture, which was unparalleled, but also the depth of his compassion and grace. He was someone who would change the course of the church, which is ironic because he himself was not a Christian. Gamaliel's story begins at the feet of another, Simeon ben Hillel, a Jewish rabbi and thinker. He himself learned under some of the greatest names of all of Judaism. But quickly on in his educational process, Gamaliel began to show signs of being different. Different in a variety of ways. One, he began at a young age taking court positions in the Sanhedrin, the great Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. Even as young as his early teens, he was already teaching in the synagogue often known for his ability to interpret and instruct on the prophecies of Isaiah. Gamaliel quickly gained a reputation in what was the school of the Mishnah. Mishnah meaning um, a collection of Jewish oral traditions. And he often added to them, quoting them and instructing on them. But what he was generally known for was his students. I guess it's every teacher's dream to have students that will someday outperform them. And man, did Gamaliel succeed in that. One of his favorite classes, a class of students in the um, late 30s, the mid to late 30s AD, would have been one of his favorite. In this school of students, he had three in particular. One was a poor student out of a city of Tarsus, a man who came and actually paid his way through by building tents for people in Jerusalem, a man by the name of Saul. This student of Gamaliel Saul was about as different from Gamaliel as you could possibly get. Gamaliel known for his compassion, his slow to action, his deep thoughtfulness was juxtaposed by this young and fiery, zealous Jew out of Tarsus. But Saul possessed the greatest intellect of any student Gamaliel would ever have. Constantly keeping him on his toes. Gamaliel and Saul had an interesting relationship. As Gamaliel would encourage Saul consistently in their three years together to slow down. To spend time in the wilderness just performing the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and listening for that Lord to speak into his life. To which Saul would quickly counter with the example of the zealous sons of Aaron, who acted to save Israel. Those two would, have, would butt heads consistently until Gamaliel's death in 52 AD. But their friendship and respect for each other was deep and rich.
Gamaliel had another student in that same class who was also different from the future apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus. His name was Joseph. Joseph had everything you would look for in a student. He had a deep intellect, a very intelligent uh, brain on his shoulders. But what separated Joseph from Cy- of Cyprus from the other students in the class was his compassion. It is why later after uh, this Jewish thinker, Joseph, would convert to Christianity, he would actually get a name change to Barnabas, son of encouragement. Barnabas was a handsome man, very, very wealthy, already a successful businessman far before he enters into the school of Gamaliel. Would have come in with a smile that could light up a room, a laugh that was contagious, a wit and a compassion that was unmatched, and an ability to read people that would lead to him changing the world. And Joseph, Barnabas' brother, Aristobulus, a gentleman we're going to return to in the next couple of weeks as we talk about our heritage. This week, we're going to take some time and get to know Gamaliel. Next week, we're going to dive into the life of Joseph of Cyprus, and then the following week, his brother Aristobulus. But before we get into any of that, I think it's important you know one thing. Gamaliel was a radical. This rabbi didn't follow any of the rules but everyone loved him for it. Out of all the people, all the teachers, it was him who began to first start talking out against social issues. See, at this time, the rights and care for women had dropped precipitously, and no one really respected them, especially women who were undergoing a divorce. And it was he who argued that the law, the Torah, protected women during divorce. And not only that, but he believed that women should have the right to remarry, especially if their husband cheated on them. This was radical, as women were seen as property, and a woman who had been divorced had no rights of remarriage. In fact, it was this particular piece of information, this particular law that he introduced and often uh, ruled on, that would actually make a name for himself. Throughout Galilee and Jerusalem and that entire region, he was loved and beloved by women. In fact, there was another Jewish rabbi, a carpenter's son, who said many similar things and also was very popular in the region. He began to teach that it wasn't about what you do, but how you do it that mattered the most. In particular, he would talk about the idea of tithing giving money to God and how giving money was important, but that wasn't what was most important. What was most important is giving of your heart. This was an introspective thinker ahead of his time, focusing less on the Torah and its laws and more on the God who wrote it. Because of that, he was a lightning rod for conflict, constantly engaging in debates and anger among the more conservative Pharisees, but also respected and beloved by the individual and the layman. Gamaliel eventually became president of the Great Sanhedrin in Jerusalem, holding the highest order that you could possibly have in that body. He would rule on several of uh, the biggest criminal cases we see in the New Testament. 
In particular, we see him ruling against, ironically, his own student, Saul. Not only that, but he would also rule on others of these new radical sect of Judaism called Christianity, continuing to rule against John and Peter. But one of the things that he was known for was his prudence, believing that it was vital that he let God rule and lead. At a time in which God was often viewed as hateful and evil, Gamaliel saw him as something different. And when everyone else believed that the Christian movement was vile and deserved to be killed, he had conflict. Gamaliel saw throughout the prophecy of Isaiah, of which he was a specialist, the coming of a suffering king. Throughout the Old Testament, he saw glimpses of a beautiful and loving God, and it caused him to pause and wrestle. Was this Christian movement right? Was this carpenter's son the Messiah? And it's why he could never quite give himself to fully confront and attack Christianity. It was his hesitation and his pause that allowed many to live and many more to thrive. It was his words and his teaching, his compassion and his mercy. It was his understanding of a loving and caring God that led him to teach two of the greatest people in the New Testament, Paul and Barnabas. It was his influence that guided Paul to writing the letters he did. And as much of early church history believes, if Barnabas wrote the, the book of Hebrews, we see his influence all over it. Evidences of a loving God misunderstood in the Torah. Evidences of compassion and generosity that would lead Barnabas to giving everything he owns to the church. Care for women that would lead Paul to protecting and caring for Chloe and Phoebe and so many others. Gamaliel's fingerprints are all over the early church and on our tradition even today. It's amazing to believe that a Jewish teacher who never himself quite understood the Messiah could influence all of us through his students and his intellect and his compassion. It's amazing that a Jew is at the source of our heritage and our culture. Gamaliel the Great, Gamaliel the Wise, Gamaliel the Elder, Gamaliel who changed the world. I'll see you next week. <laughs>